Yeah, we're talking about technology uh, being a tool that it's not, it just enables you to, to, to do stuff. The question is, what is the stuff that you're going to do with it? Right? What is your message? What, what kind of content are you going to create? Is it going to get people's attention? Is it going to, um, is it going to make them want to uh, pay attention to what you're doing or what you're talking about? You know? Hi to welcome everyone to another episode of the Let's Gather podcast. I'm your host Zeke, and in this episode I have John Fallis to speak about his journey in the career of advertising. You can find more things about him by googling him and clicking the link in the description below. I think we're content warning for any language used in this episode. I hope you're next day and enjoy the show. Um, so I spent my career in the advertising business in New York, um, and then got involved in uh, creating digital content. Uh, got involved with podcasting actually in 2006. My first website went up in 1996. Uh, some people weren't even born back then, and <laughs> that, that's when my website first website went up. Uh, podcasted for about seven years, and then got into digital video content creation, started a company called Big Idea Video in 2013, and then got involved in um, documentary filmmaking more recently. So that's the, that's the, uh, the short story. That's the gist of it. So when you say people were born in 96, I was born in 97. So I was one of those people. There you go. <laughs> so I guess I would say is what really brought you to like this advertising creative field as a whole? Well, um, I was always creative um, growing up, but I didn't really know how to um, use that creativity to make a living. I mean, I didn't want to be a, a illustrator or a painter. Um, I didn't know. I didn't really know what the options were. That was part of the problem. So I went to a, a, a college uh, so I could figure that out. So I was kind of majoring in undecided for two years until one of my uh, design teachers, I took a design class and I was doing well on it. And she asked me to stay after class, which I didn't think was going to turn into anything good. But she said, uh, let me ask you a question. What do you want to do with your life? And I said, why are you asking? She said, because you're super talented. And I think you're, you're going to be making a mistake if you don't transfer out of this school and go to another school that would allow you to develop your creative talent. Because there are a lot of careers that you might uh, find as a way of uh, using your creative talent to make a living, but not at this school. So I said, well, thank you for you know the, uh, the positive words. What school did you have in mind? And she, she mentioned a school called Syracuse University. Have you heard of that? So, yes. so Syracuse uh, had a lot of great programs in a lot of things like uh, fashion design and architecture and uh, journalism and media, multimedia and uh, uh, industrial design and advertising and uh, broadcasting and a lot of things that if you were 
had some kind of a talent that you could channel that that talent into a possible career. So um, I ended up uh, talking to someone who I thought was a some kind of a guidance counselor to get his advice. And he looked at some of my design work and he, he said, uh, here are the courses you need to take. And they were all advertising classes. And I said, well, wait a second. This is all advertising. I don't know if I want to go into advertising. To which he replied, kid, uh, if you have talent, you have if you're creative and you have talent and you, you want to make money, you need to go into advertising. So I said, OK. <laughs> so uh, that's how I got into advertising. But I, fl I flunked my first class, so I didn't get off to a very good start. I thought the teacher was an asshole. And uh, he told me, do not go into advertising. I could see not listening was just a good idea. You could see what? Not listening was a, was a better idea. Yeah, I, I didn't know it then because um, he was a guy from New York who worked on Madison Avenue. And he was, uh, he was someone that we all um, uh, respected because he was a working professional in the business. He wasn't just some teacher. He was actually a guy from New York City in the advertising business. So um, it was like someone throwing a, a cold glass of water in my face uh, when I heard that. Um, fortunately, at Syracuse, they had multiple instructors teaching the same class. So my strategy was to take the same class with a different instructor, hoping that the results would be better. And that's what happened. That's nice. Definitely remember school and trying to all figure things out. All right. And when you were figuring it out, did you have any feelings of doubt, anything, or it was just more of like you go with the flow? Say, so I didn't hear the first part of the question. So when you was, um, Try to make these changes, and like when you listen to people having their, their advice, what was your like, your feelings? What was your feeling? Well, I was really confused because, um, like I said earlier, growing up, I was uh, I knew I was talented artistically, so um, I I didn't know what to think because he was basically telling me I, I didn't have the talent to succeed in the advertising business, and I, I thought he knew what he was talking about. So um, I really didn't know what to think. The problem was that I was halfway through college and I didn't have a lot of time to like go back to square one and try, you know, other careers. I was, uh, this was halfway through my third year in college <laughs> when, when I heard this. So um, I was, uh, and I just decided on advertising. So um, I was really, really hoping that with uh, the same class with a different instructor would would get a better result. So if that did not happen, I'm not sure what I would have done. Yes. I ended up uh, so I, you know, I basically flunked out. He, the, the teacher said, listen, um, you have a choice. You can. He said, I can't tell you I'm going to flunk you. I can just at this point, there was like three weeks to go in the class. He said, all I could tell you is that you, you don't know what you're doing and you're not going to get a good grade. So I'm going to give, give you an option. You can just drop the class with three weeks to go or get the grade that I'm going to give you. So that was really that was not a great choice. Um, so um, 
so basically I flunked out of it is, you know, that's, that's essentially what happened. And the same course with a different instructor, I got something like an A minus. So it was like totally different, <laughs> totally different thing. So, you know, the lesson I learned is that um, sometimes it has to do with the people that you're, you're dealing with. Uh, and, and you're going to be people, you know, in any career, in any, in any, any situation, there are going to be some people that for whatever reason, you're not going to get along with. And you better hope that it's not you. <laughs> you know, if, if, it, if it keeps happening repeatedly, then you have to start to look at yourself. But in that situation, um, I just thought he was an asshole. And, um, you know, not everyone felt that way about him. But that was my feelings about him. And, you know, we just we just he and I just did not get along. Unfortunately, that was not the case with the other other instructor. Got it. And after college, when you first got into advertising, how was that transition from school to practice? To real life practice? Um, well, I was taught to think that it was all about your talent, that if you had uh, if you had really good work to show in, in advertising, you how you show your work, you in, in, in school, you can come up with ads. So, you know, you have to show to get a job. You don't show a resume so much. You show, you show your work, your creative work. If you're on the creative side of things, which I was, I was a creative guy. So I used to think that success was based on your, how creative, how, how talented you were, uh, creatively, until I realized that if you're working for a big agency in a big corporate environment, that's not what it's all about. It's also about um, how well you deal with the corporate politics. And working in New York, I worked for some big agencies, and there are a lot of people at that agency that I didn't think were that talented. In fact, I thought a lot of them had less talent than I did but they were, they were more successful because they were really good at politics. Do you know what I mean by that? Corporate politics? Yeah, it's about how your relationship with people and, yeah, how... and how well you can kiss someone's ass, basically. Yeah. And um, I was not good at that. And I didn't really want to be good at that. But you have to learn kind of um, how to do that a little bit. And that kind of, a, if it's a big company... You have to learn um, how to do that just to su just to survive, you know. Um, but I never figured it out. And the other thing I learned is that um, if the guy who who hires you then leaves the, the company, um, you are at a much higher risk of getting fired. That happened to me. I got fired four times and two of those times, the guy who hired me ended up leaving a few weeks later for another job. And all of a sudden I had no one uh, covering my back. So um, that made me a lot more vulnerable. If some people wanted to get rid of me, it was much easier for them to do that without the guy there who hired me, who wanted me to be at that agency. So, you know, these are the kind of things you learn that they don't teach you uh, in any classroom. Yeah, I remember the classes being more about pitches and the theories behind it, not like the politics or how to right. really speak to people. 
you know, how to deal with an asshole should be the title of, <laughs> of, a, of a college course. Definitely. That, that would be a really good class to, uh, to offer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I could teach that class how to deal with an asshole in the business world. That's like an uh, emotional intelligence type of class. Where... That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, you know, um, my, if you can't tell by this interview, my personality was a little irreverent. Mm -hmm. You know what that means, right? Yeah. So um, the, that attitude, the, that, that personality trait that uh, was not something that enabled me to be successful in a corporate environment is exactly the same personality trait that helped me become incredibly successful as an entrepreneur. I just didn't realize it until I started becoming an entrepreneur and realized that looking at things differently and being a little bit rebellious and, and doing, you know, out of the box thinking and challenging things and, 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 and looking at all the options and doing things that are a little bit, you know, outrageous and a little bit different is what really, um, when you're working for yourself, that makes you stand out. And, you know, our, our goal was to do work that made our clients stand out. So we didn't want to do stuff that was, um, you know, vanilla stuff for our clients. We wanted to do some stuff that was a little spicy. And spicy doesn't work in a big, big corporate environment. You know, uh, they've got big clients. They don't like, you know, they don't like things that are a little bit too edgy. But smaller clients that didn't have a lot of money to spend, they, they couldn't afford to be boring. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's mostly like to stick with um, safe and almost traditional compared to when you're an entrepreneur, you have to be the person to break out to get their attention. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, it didn't mean that we did work that was irresponsible. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can never, never, you know, you can't just put a naked person, someone's selling a car, you can't get a naked woman, stick her on a car or have her giving in the finger. This is, this is what we think of a competition, you know, with giving the finger, that's not going to work. You know, it may be outrageous, but it's not smart. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So all of our stuff was was edgy, but really smart. Definitely. And I want to say, stick on the point where you say you got fired four times. So like the first time, how was that? And then over time, you got, did you get, did it become like something that you expected or was in the back of your mind? Okay. So the first time I got fired, it sucked. The second time I got, I got fired sucked more the third time i got fired it sucked more than that and the fourth time i got fired it sucked the worse so it never got better every time i got fired it just kept sucking worse each time uh so that's when i realized that maybe i need to pivot mm -hmm. uh you know trying to get another job at a big agency felt a little bit like banging my head against a brick wall because um, I said, maybe, you know, m maybe my personality doesn't fit well with a big company. So I started freelancing and working for smaller companies where it was much more about my talent than it was about my ability to kiss someone's ass. I can see that it's mostly like it's, just, it's a similar situation everywhere. So the same things happen over and over. Yeah. When, it, you know, when a company hires freelance, someone for freelance, they've got a, a problem that they've got to solve. So they, they find someone that could come in for a couple of days or a couple of weeks specifically 
as a troubleshooter to kind of solve a problem, right? It's like, you know, if you got technical problems, you hire a tech guy, you know, to come in and, you know, do some, you know, website design or, you know, tech work to solve a problem. And then he does his job and you say, thanks a lot. So um, at that point, it was really a question of whether or not I could solve their, their problems creatively. And uh, that's where, you know, that was my strength. So that, that turned out to be a good, uh, a good pivot for me. Yeah. And, life and eventually, is- eventually I, um, I found I, my, I was becoming so successful as a freelancer that uh, a guy who was a, a new business guy heard about me, got my, heard about my reputation because he was looking for a, a superstar creative guy because he was kind of a superstar uh, sales guy. And he thought if he could find a superstar creative guy, then the two of us could maybe, you know, build an agency together. And that's what we did. Find the right person that complement the talent. Absolutely. Yep. And when that happened, and like, wait, let me go, let me take a step back. So your life is a lot of times about pivots. And when you went to college, you had to pivot into ad, um, advertising. And then you pivot again, which you got into the field. Right. Yeah. You know, you kind of, you, 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 when you get, you know, punched in the face a couple of times, you kind of have to step back and you shake it off and you have to like, reevaluate, you know, reevaluate the situation. Do I go in this direction? Do I go in that direction? What do I do? Mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's just going in the same direction and just, you know, trying it again, like, you know, kind of in, in a sense, in, in college, I went in the same direction, but the pivot was just different, different instructor. Um, but once I was in the business world, I, I did kind of a, a shift where I didn't go back to the big agencies stayed in my profession, but tried a different, um, different side of it with the freelance at smaller companies. Mm-hmm. So it was like, you know, uh, a different, different um, way to, to stay in the business, but, you know, continue to find work. And, uh, and that, again, that was where I started, you know, I ended up, that's where I evolved into an entrepreneur doing my own thing, you know, started, started out with freelancing where I did mm-hmm. freelancing and then, when I teamed up with a business business guy within uh, eight months, we, we actually had our own ad agency and started hiring people. So now you're on the other side of. You mean at that point when that yeah. was happening or today at that point? Oh yeah. At, at that point, you know uh, he was amazing at getting meetings with clients. I mean, he was unbelievable. And I was pretty good at doing work that got our clients really happy and um, got our agency attention. You know, my work was pretty edgy and attention getting. So it wasn't just good for our clients. It was good for our agency. We got we got a lot of press. We were written up in The New York Times and The Wall Street Journal and USA Today and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So we were we were uh, people were talking about, uh, you know, they were talking about the campaigns we were doing for our clients, but, you know, it was also a way uh, uh, of getting press for agency because we were the agency that was doing all this great work. So when you get interviewed on CNBC, you know, talking about a, a great campaign you did for a client, you get to talk about your agency. You know, they want to know who are these guys, you know? So it was pretty cool when I was like, you know, um, 
31 years old to be uh, on CNBC being interviewed, you know, in front of a, a live, uh, you know, live TV. And then, then that press then feeds back into people know who you are, then people requested your yeah, um, yeah. talents. It, it just, yeah, exactly. You know, if you if you're on CNBC and talking about how you did this brilliant campaign that made your clients super successful, um, you're going to get people calling you. And then that makes, and then that makes things easier. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, my, my, again, my partner was a great sales guy, but um, you know, it's always better to have prospective prospects call you Mm -hmm. than, you know, it's always better to attract than it is to chase. Yeah. Because then it's kind of like kind of like dating. If you could get a girl (laughs) interested in you instead of you, you know, uh, you know, trying to chase after her, you're going to have a a better shot at getting the girl if she, you know, she's interested in you. Yeah. And then other sisters into entrepreneurship and your lessons that you learned from there in that process. Sorry, question again. Um, So, what kind of lessons you learned from being an entrepreneur? Well, some of the lessons I just shared that, that, um, there are different skill sets, uh, to being an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, again, I can only speak to the, uh, in the, the business that I was in, which was advertising and marketing. Um, so you have to do work that's, but, you know, I think in, in any industry you have to do work that, uh, is, um, is considered the best. You have to be, you know, I, I, I was very ambitious. I wanted to be the reason I won these awards here is because um, I, I, I always aspired to be the best at what I did. And I think um, you if you want to be successful in any in any field, uh, you, you know, if you're a football player, you want to you want to get to the Super Bowl, right? You can't just say, you know, I want to win some games. You say, I want to, I want to get into the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. So that was the attitude that I had. Um, and um, I think that's one of the things that a- enabled and my, my business partner at the time of the same, you know, attitude. Um, so that's one thing about being an entrepreneur. But, uh, you know, the other thing is that you're going to, you're going to face a lot of challenges. Um, it turned out that, um, as good as my partner was at sales, uh, he wasn't the most trustworthy guy. And eventually, um, pretty quickly after meeting him, I knew it was two things were obvious when I first met him. He was a really good sales guy. And uh, he was probably someone that I would not be able to work with long term. So I figured it would be a good experience for a period of time until I got to the next level. And then, you know, I would, uh, I would have to, you know, uh, 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 take, take another direction without him. So, you know, get, you know, that's, that's what I ended up doing. And, you know, the other thing I think is important is pay attention to trends. I think one of the things I mentioned was, uh, you know, as soon as I heard about websites in the early nineties, I said, uh, I, I, I need to have one of these things. So uh, that went up in 96. When I heard about podcasting in 2005, I said, I, 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 
I need to have a podcast show. So in February, February of 06, I had the marketing show with John Follis, part podcasting. I did that for seven years. When I heard about blogging, I said, I need to have a blog. When I heard about explainer videos in 2012, 2013, I said, I need to, you know, learn how to do explainer videos. Uh, when I discovered TikTok, I said, I need to get on TikTok. So, you know, um, I think it's important to keep your finger on the pulse of, of the future. Yes. And don't, don't be afraid of it, you know, mm -hmm. because it's always changing. It's always going to be, you know, a lot of my peers, uh, if it was a little bit hard for them to understand, they just, you know, would not want to pay attention to it where I, I, I wanted to try to figure it out. Yeah, I can definitely see. So my question is, I'm trying to say like stay on trends. Do you want to like, the last thing is like more say like the time, the, um, the technology of the trends and not most like the content, if I'm making sense. Cause we say like websites and then podcasts and that's more of like the forms of the own trend, like it's a, I'm not making sense. Put it so, in a question form. What I'm trying to say is how much of a trend should you follow? Because a lot of times people follow trends, they get how stuck into it. How much of a trend should you follow? Yeah. Um, it depends on, um, so first of all, who are you? Mm -hmm. If you're talking about, you know, if you're talking about someone who wants to be successful in business, then they need to follow the trends that relate to their, their career, that their business, right? So, you know, if you're, uh, if you want to be a, a, a YouTube influencer, then you need to obviously be, uh, you know, a, a web influencer, then you obviously need to pay attention to uh, everything that relates to that. You've got to, you know, be, be rocking the TikTok, you know? You need to be um, do the, you know, stories on Instagram or, you know, the video you have to keep up with because every everything changes, you know, especially with technology. It changes, you know, every every week there's something new and different, you know. But if you're selling insurance, if that's your industry or, you know, if you're into, you know, um, selling cars, then you need to, you know, pay attention to the, the things that relate to your business. But, you know, think about um, whatever career you're doing, uh, techn technology is a part of it. So, you know, wh whether you're selling insurance or selling cars or in advertising or marketing or video content creation, you, you know, the changes and the trends are always led by the technology for the yeah. most part, you know, you just have to figure out how it applies to your your focus and your, your career. Mm -hmm. That definitely does make sense. And so I want to take a, another step back to go back to when you first had about websites and what kind of made you want to jump into it? Well, I, um, unlike you got to understand in 1995, they were calling it the information superhighway. That was the, the description of this thing that was happening because it didn't exist back then. So um, it was kind of like maybe what AI is uh, now, 
you know AI, right? Yeah, artificial okay. intelligence. Okay, yeah, right. Uh, for anyone who might not know artificial intelligence, um, some people know what that is. A lot of people don't know what that is. So, you know, if I can make an analogy to, you know, what the internet was back then, it's kind of like what, what AI is, is now. And um, I just said, I think this is going to be a thing. So, um, you know, at the time I was trying to think how old I was, 30, maybe early thirties. How old are you? 24. Okay. Um, so I was, I was in my early thirties when this was happening and, um, I just, um, you know, some, some people, some of my, you know, people I, I hung out with just didn't even think about it. They didn't pay attention to it because it was just somewhere out in the future where another friend of mine said, this is going to be a thing. You need to pay attention to this. And so I thought he was right. So, uh, once I started like learning a little bit about it. I just said, um, I don't know where this is going to lead, but I know I want to have a website. So that's why I started, you know, working on, I didn't create the website. I actually teamed up with some technical people that actually knew how to do the coding for the website, but I designed it. I said, this is what I want it to look like. This is what I want on it. This is what I want the message to be. Because I wanted to be, you know, at the forefront of of the evolving media landscape, you know. Yeah, and then you continue every time something new comes out. You like, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I was still in my 30s. I you know, if I was if I was my age now, I might say, well, I don't really need to focus on it. You know, I just turned 68. So you know, do I really need to pay attention to TikTok now? I don't think so. I mean. I love looking at TikTok. It's very addictive. It's fun. You know, if I want to kill a couple of hours, I just go on TikTok. I, you know, I put up a couple of TikTok videos. It's not me dancing. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I just wanted to figure, I actually, you know, put up some video content there. I just wanted to figure out how to do it to transfer it from my desktop to, um, you know, through, through can Canva. I think I use you know yeah. Canva. Yeah, okay. I use that. Yes, yeah, so I use Canva because I, I just, again, I, I, Canva came out, what, a couple of years ago or something? Yeah, not too long ago. Yeah. And uh, I didn't need to learn it, but uh, I just said, you know, I got to figure this out because I just, you know, I just, to me, it's, I like problem solving. And I said, I don't need to put up a TikTok, TikTok video, but uh, I want to learn how to do it through Canva. And, you know, once you learn how to do it, it's not that hard. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if I was 24, I would be rocking the talk right now. Uh, I definitely do see like creative as problem solving because when I do creative, it's mostly me trying to figure out how to get the client's information into the most um, practical way. And it's mostly me just trying to figure out that puzzle. Right. Yeah. And, you know, the media and the technology are just, they're like tools, right? It's yeah. like if, if you're a carpenter, um, all it, all it means is that you have a fancy new tool in your toolbox. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be great at building a house. You know, that's, that's where your talent comes in. It's like, yeah. what are you going to, what are you going to do? This is just, this just enables you to do something. Now, what are you going to do? What are you going to build? What are you going to create? 
right? That's never going to change. Yeah. So yeah, we're just talking about um, the tools and everything for creative, for being creative. It's more like a tool to solve problems. Yeah, we're talking about technology yeah. uh, being a tool that it's not. It just enables you to 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 do stuff. The question is, what is the stuff that you're going to do with it? Right. What is your message? What what kind of content are you going to create? Is it going to get people's attention? Is it going to um, is it going to make them want to uh, pay attention to what you're doing or what you're talking about? You know. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're being an influencer, obviously it's going to you need to be putting out content that is going to make them want to want to come back and keep watching you. Right. Yeah. Do a lot of your uh, the people listening want to be influencers? Is that is that kind of like stuff they're into? I would say it's a mixture, but there's some people who do, and then there's some people who just mostly try to figure out their early twenties or their life. So it's always so like different um, career paths or things that they might be trying to do, but here is somebody else experience helps them out. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, I was lucky in that um, I can't remember if I mentioned. Um, I think I did uh, when I was my second year of college. The instructor pulled me aside, yeah. and kind of uh, pointed me in a in a direction that was very helpful. So I was grateful to her, but. Uh, it wasn't long thereafter that another instructor basically told told me I sucked. Yeah. So, you know, um, it can happen both ways is, you know, the, the moral of that story. And, you know, uh, at that point you have to, you know, just because someone tells you you should do something or you doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean they're necessarily right. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to think about what they're saying and then, you know, um, make a decision. Yeah, that is mostly like how much time and effort you're going to put into what you want to do. Sometimes you could get better or sometimes people have the wrong opinion, but it all depends on what you want. Yeah. And, you know, it really helps if you like what you're doing. Yeah. You know, there's got to be if you're just doing it just to try to make money. That's not a good long-term philosophy. I know a lot of people, especially a lot of younger people, they say, "Oh, that's that's going to make me rich. I'm going to, you know, get a fancy car. I'm going to big a big house. I'm going to, you know, make all this money." And that's their motivation. Uh, it's fine if you want to do that, but um, it's a it's a faulty um, it's a faulty um, path to take mm-hmm. because. Money is never the best reason long term. It may be a good short reason. Yeah. But after a while, uh, you got to be excited about, you know, if you're just doing it for the money and you don't really enjoy it, you're not going to really after a period of time, you're, you're, you're going to have a hard time being excited mm-hmm. about what you're doing, you know. So you have to look at the long term. Yeah. And. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing something short term to make money. You know, if mm-hmm. you just said to want to get started and you say, OK, this is 
this is an, a long-term thing, but short-term, I'm going to, you know, make a little bit of money. That's, that's not a bad thing, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. you still need money, but like, it's also just, A, you need money, then B, it could also expose you to what you do like or don't like. Yeah, it's always going to be a trade-off, you know? Uh, some, you know, throughout your career, you're going to have to balance things. Like, you know, I could have got paid a lot of money if I wanted to work on a cigarette account. But I, I didn't, you know, I didn't. Uh, this is when cigarettes were legal to advertising. You know, now it's vaping. Um, if you if you're in ad business, uh, the companies that make vape stuff um, will pay a lot of money because they know that a lot of uh, people don't think it's a it's a healthy product. So it's harder to get people to work on clients that people uh, don't think are are good. Yeah. So they often, you know. Uh, you know, if the big tobacco, you know, still, it's still the big tobacco companies that used to make the cigarettes. Now they're just making vaping stuff. You know, it's the same Nick, same product. It's all nicotine. They're basically selling nicotine. It's just like, you know, the dirt delivery platform for it. But, you know, these, these big tobacco companies are still behind it and they've got, they've got very deep pockets. So they'll, they can pay a lot of money. Yeah, it all depends on what you want and what's the most important. Right. So I want to step into this latest article about the three T's of overcoming failure because in your um, story, is all I see that it's all about overcoming things that happen. So what kind of made you want to write that article? Um, well, I, I like um, at this point, I like sharing my uh, experience and the lessons that I've learned if I think it could help other people, you know, because I, I know when I was younger, I always appreciated people who are willing to share their, uh, their experience or their knowledge or their wisdom to help me. Um, so um, I feel fortunate that um, I've got to the point in my life where I can afford to spend time talking to people like you and other podcasters, you know, and it makes me feel good, you know, to, to get back. I try to, you know, I, one of the things I try to do a lot of lately is volunteer work to help other people because I feel very fortunate. And I know that a lot of people out there struggling. So um, I, I like you know, I like doing that. I like helping people, especially if it's be based on something that I had to, you know, learn the hard way. It's always better to learn um, from other people who learned it the hard way yeah. <laughs> than, you know, going through it yourself. And that's not always possible. Sometimes no matter what you learn, no matter how much you, you learn from other people, you're going to have to go through some things and learn them yourself the hard way. Yeah. But whenever possible, if you can learn it from other people, that's always the preferable way to do it. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what made me want to write the article. Um, remind me, what was what was what was the article I wrote? It was three ways to overcome a failure. Three keys to overcoming failure. Three keys to overcoming failure. Uh, let's see if I can remember what they were. Um. One of them was um, 
to find other people to team up with to help you set um remind me what i said you have when your best efforts aren't working you don't need to give I'll up pivot pivot, yeah. pivot pivot getting right help getting the right help at the right time can make all the difference right and sometimes it comes down to grit okay so we talked about pivoting earlier yeah. in this conversation so sometimes it's uh you don't uh have to um walk away from something that's become uh difficult but sometimes you do have to reevaluate and figure out another way to solve the problem so that's when i you know was realizing that i kept getting fired from big companies that maybe i shouldn't be working for a big company i should try something more entrepreneurial or as i call it pivoting yeah um finding the right the right help at the right time that's uh when I was doing my freelance, um, I was good at, at doing the work, but I, I was not a good salesperson. So finding a good salesperson was the right person at the right time. And as a team, we became very successful because that was a, you know, a good collaboration. Um, and sometimes it just comes down to grit. Sometimes it just comes down to when you got get knocked down. Sometimes it's just a matter of, um, convincing yourself that you just have to keep trying and not give up, you know, yeah. especially when you feel like everything you're trying is not working and you've reevaluated it. Sometimes you, you know, you just have to continue to believe in yourself mm -hmm. um, when it's, it's hard to do that. So it's a combination, you know, it's never one thing, but it's kind of a combination of a variety of things that I think can contribute to having a successful career. Yeah. Cause sometimes I always wonder like, when's like the, when people say don't give up, but like, when's that time where you're just like, is it the 51st chance, 51st time we have to like, okay, something got to be different or it's like the 52nd. When at what point? Yeah. And no one knows the answer to that really. Uh, you know, you just have to, um, you know, for example, when I was um, after getting fired the fourth time, I was having trouble getting interviews. Uh, you know, there are a lot of companies that maybe they found out I got fired a couple of times and they didn't, they didn't even want to bother to talk to me. So uh, when I couldn't, you know, through my connections, get interviews, I had to like this is be before the Internet. So I had to go through the phone book, which is like going on Google. <laughs> And, you know, searching advertising agencies, you know, I was like going on Google, searching advertising agencies in New York City and, and just contacting them. And there's one day where uh, I had I contacted, and this is when people would call people on the phone. And I made 106 phone calls to try to get myself interviewed, you know, try to get an interview at these agencies. And I got rejected. Um, I made 106 calls. I got rejected 103 times, which meant I got three interviews. And sometimes that's what it takes, you know, and, you know, you do that, you know, after after you, you call up and, you know, you've gotten rejected 27 times. It becomes a little bit easier to call up and keep doing it, you know, the 28th, 29th, then it becomes kind of a game. You know, and you just, you know, 
the problem is you got rent to pay. You know, you're living in New yeah. York City. You got to pay the rent. You don't really have an option to give up. Unless you, you don't want to run home to mommy and daddy, you know. Which, you know, was was not an option for me. Yeah, it's all about that. Just seeing it through. And then when it happens, it happens. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it turned out that one of those three interviews that I got after making those 106 phone calls ended up uh, becoming the jackpot. Because the, the guy that I connected on, on that interview turned out to be uh, something that totally changed the direction of my career. And if you, if you didn't do 106, you did 105, you could have been, you could have missed That's out. That's right. That's right. Makes sense. Life happens that way. Yeah. I don't know that I could do that on a daily basis. <laughs> You know, yeah, uh, you know, after you make 106 and you get that many rejections, you, you kind of need to take a break. <laughs> and uh, is this the time to redo the strategy or something else? So maybe this is a sign. Yeah. And since you like to give back, what kind of uh, questions that people ask you when they get when they have time to speak with you? Uh, like, uh, same stuff that you're asking me. You know, it depends. It depends who I'm talking to, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, everyone's got a slightly different uh, focus. Uh, I was just got off a, a podcast interview with a guy from Texas um, who was a, I don't know, 45 year old business owner. And, you know, he, his questions were a little bit different because, you know, he was established in his career. You know, he just wanted to hear hear about some other things. I can see that different points of your life. You're going to things are either you try to figure different things out. Right. And so you said earlier, I want to ask earlier, when did you decide that you wanted to start giving back? Like what was like that moment? Um, well, when I realized I didn't need to work, uh, try to try to earn money anymore when I, well, I know that's, that's wrong. I started doing it in my twenties uh, because um, very early on in my twenties, I realized that um, doing public service work, doing public service advertising work um, was a lot more satisfying than um sometimes working on uh, products or services that were part of my job that on products that were not, in my opinion, that great. So, you know, when you're working on um, uh, a campaign to get people to stop dropping out of high school or, you know, to stop uh, drinking and driving or, you know, something child abuse prevention, right? And you realize that you could come up with um, a message that deals with an issue like that. It's a lot more for me, it was very gratifying in many cases, a lot more gratifying, even if I wasn't getting paid to do it. So um, 
I began doing that when I was in my 20s, but really got into it more, you know, when I had more time, you know, a few years ago, um, like one of the things I did recently was teaching English as a second language, you know, during the pandemic. So I was doing that for a couple of years via Zoom, speaking to, you know, some Latino people that could barely speak English. Um, you know, which was was interesting because I don't speak Spanish really well. So, you know, it was it was kind of a challenge to do that, but um, it was gratifying. The people were very appreciative of it. And it was, all, you know, it was easy because it was just done via Zoom. So I could just do it sitting here. Yeah. So stuff like, you know, stuff like that. And I did, you know, a, a few years ago, um, I used my creative, my video talents, my creative talents to do an anti-bully thing anti-bullying thing so that was that was a lot of fun where i could use my creative talent to do some video messages about that yeah it's most of the stuff with like i help others i see right not just like to make the company make a company look better but to actually help and change people's lives yeah i just gotta get them on on uh, tiktok now <laughs> i get those videos on tiktok should be too hard Shouldn't be too, except the format is wrong, you know? Yeah, because. So it, it's a horizontal format and, and TikTok is the other way. So that's the only problem with that, you know? Yeah. How to um, switch the aspect ratio and everything. Right. Yeah. You, you know about that. But, you know, there's probably a way to make it work, you know? Because mm -hmm. they're basically, the, the, the commercials are basically tight shots of kids' faces. So I can just squeeze it into a, a shape so you could see their face it should work yeah and after all this time and experience why do you still like being creative i can't help it you know it's kind of part of my dna um except now you know i just channel it in different directions um you know, I've been playing guitar since I was 13. So, um, you know, um, learning new songs on my guitar is just, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm creative in many areas, writing, um, designing, uh, video content, creating, uh, music, playing guitar, um, dancing, singing, so uh, I just, you know, I've got a lot of creative flavors to choose from. And uh, I've, I've always loved playing the guitar. So now it's just every, you know, I, I don't think a week goes by where I don't come across another song that I want to figure out how to do it. And it's so easy now with the tutorials on uh, YouTube. There's so many people that, that make it so easy. If you want to learn it, you just find a tutorial on it. Yeah. And so, you know, I've been playing around with garage band and stuff like uh, doing um, um, backing tracks. You know what backing tracks are? No. So backing tracks are additional tracks. If you play guitar, you can put a, a, like a percussion track on there or you could put a, a vocal track on there. You know, if you want to sing a harmony, you could record one with one vocal harmony and then do another track with another vocal harmony and do, uh, you know, two or three part harmonies. 
uh, you know, add a bass, bass guitar, stuff like that. So you you can um, through GarageBand or these other um, audio uh, editing programs, you can create multiple tracks now. So you can just play the lead yes. guitar part or the rhythm guitar part, and you could add the other tracks. Oh. It sounds like, you know, um, you know, other people are playing along with you, the same song, you know? Yeah. So, you know, you have that, you have that as an MP3 and, you know, you have that on a, on a, a iPhone or something, you, you can plug that into your amplifier and and get get the backing track along so you can just it's almost like karaoke right yeah you know karaoke is basically the the music track and you just do the vocals you know mm -hmm. except i i play the guitar so you know i'll find a backing track with bass and percussion or something like that so you know it's just another way to kind of play around be creative right yeah creativity comes out everywhere and you know i i um I was learning, you know, was a few years ago when I started my video stuff, I was had a lot of fun using learning um, animation software. You know, I mean, um, it's just, you know, if I needed to do it professionally, I'd be, probably be a lot more focused on it. Yeah. Um, just it's just amazing what you could do with with, you know, software, you know, it's I mean, that's yeah. kind of what you do, right? You're yeah. like, well, are you you are you into animation? I took a class in college, so I know how to do it. What college? Um, Baruch College. Oh, I used to live uh, three blocks away from Baruch. I was on uh, Park in twenty between twenty second and twenty third on Park. Yeah. Baruch is right down the street, right? Mm -hmm. Near Irving Plaza, is it? Um, Gra Gramercy, Gramercy Park. Yeah, Gra yeah, Gramercy. Yeah, yeah. So I lived, I lived, uh, you know, right around the corner from there. So I went to school at SVA and I taught, you know, SVA. No school of visual arts on 23rd on 23rd between first and second or something. Okay. School of visual arts. Nice. One of the best, one of the, one of the top schools in New York city. Nice. So what, what do you do? You, you do anime, you do anime. What, what do you do professionally? Uh, work at home. Um video investment so i work um so work working video investment so helping um getting the clients ads onto the radio and satellite so you're an audio technician i mainly just look at invoices so you're you're what i didn't mainly look at invoices invoices yeah that's what i do just my day-to-day -day look at invoices oh sure. so you're an administration an administration guy on that end yeah Okay. Paperwork. Mostly paperwork. On a computer. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought you were like a creative guy of some sort. I go back and forth from creativity. I um, bounce back and forth. Sometimes I like to do it and sometimes I uh, take a break. I used to do, like, do a lot of freelance during and after college. And then I, um, like a year after I graduated, I just took a break. What was your creative thing? Uh, mainly doing like graphic design, so like flyers and stuff like that, and then sometimes videos, but mainly like flyers and stuff. What programs did you use? Uh, Photoshop and Illustrator. Okay, got it. Yeah. So Adobe is pretty much, I'm good with that. Right. 
Yeah. So I started out as an art director, as a designer. So, you know, when those programs came out, you know, I had to learn that stuff. Um, but anyway. Yeah. Uh, Any other questions? Uh, not that I can think of. So I want to say thank you for joining the podcast again. And if people want to find you, where can they find you? They can pop my name into Google <laughs> or YouTube. Makes sense. So, so they need to know my name and know how to spell it. Yes. If they if they do if they know that, then they could find my stuff. Um, I have I probably have uh, four hundred videos on YouTube and Vimeo. So um, I've got a couple channels. My my YouTube channel is Big Idea Video on YouTube. Uh, same same name on uh, Vimeo. I don't know if you know Vimeo. Yeah, but it's, Vimeo. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, that's where they can find my stuff. I need to get to that level where you could just say Google me and then that's how you find me when you get to that level. Yeah, I've got a lot of a lot of you know, I've been putting up content since the mid nineties, so I have a shitload of stuff online. <laughs> well, if you want to find him, you can Google him. If you Google John Fallis, I said quit, right? That's yeah, F O L L I S for those of you who are not or uh well for those of you who are listening to this are you going to put show notes so people could click yeah on? okay they can see yeah 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 that brings another episode of the let's gather podcast to a close again you can find more information about john follis by clicking the link in the description below or googling him for next week i have Devante jeffrey to speak about true comics hope you continue that day and i hope to see you there <laughs>